Welcome to another Root Issues Podcast. I'm here in the booth today with Miss Laura. What's up, everybody? Miss Lexa. Hello. And Mr. Steve Hello. Woodrow. And it is awesome. It is an awesome day. We are going to be jumping into Ephesians, living in Christ with a heavenly perspective. We're going to bring that heavenly perspective down today as we see heaven and earth come together. When we explore the conversational question, do we know the power of the blood of Christ? And so this conversation is going to be resolved, revolving around blood. So let's just jump in because there's so much we were talking about. We're going to try to... Like, keep our time constraints in constraint. Yeah, Lauren, why don't you just read yeah. um, verses 7 through 10 for us in chapter 1 Jump in. of uh, Ephesians. Yeah, so Ephesians 1, 7 through 10 says, He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his Son and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. God has now revealed to us his mysterious will regarding Christ, which is to fulfill his own good plan. And this is the plan. All the right time he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. Awesome. There we go. All right, so that's what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be jumping into Steve had some valuable points. You know, we may, we're going to try to hit what we can. But we do want to bring up, like, just this conversation with the blood mm-hmm. and that, you know, what is the blood of Christ, and what has it covered? And, like, maybe we could even just ramble a little bit, like, how it is so not talked about today in our culture. Like, you know, there is more of an emphasis on other things than it is on what was the sacrifice that Christ paid for us. So who wants to jump in? I mean, I mean, I can start hitting some bullet points or some of my things, but if somebody Well, else, I'll yeah. just throw something out. I yeah. think just what you said to— the way today why it's not spoken about yeah. is because we have a, a, a gospel that we've embraced. We hear about the love of God, mm-hmm. um, but we don't hear about the blood much mm-hmm. anymore. And that is all. And we see this happening in churches in our culture, yeah. right? Which is a move away from the Old Testament emphasis on the blood mm-hmm. and the wrath of God, the justice of God. You can't have a loving God without a just God. Yeah. And so when we come to people with just this love message without the larger perspective of what Christ did for us, yeah. we actually kind of gut the gospel. Yeah. And we lead people into a really weak gospel when they don't really understand just how powerful the blood is and what it has done mm-hmm. right, for us to redeem yeah. us into a whole new right creation out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of yeah. light. So this is why the blood is important, and yeah. we can maybe talk about well, I mean, I wrote down this because you you made you made this statement. The blood is offensive to people. No one wants to believe that they need blood to cover their sins. And I mean, it does. It gets into my like right my view of my own self of like, no, I'm trying to do the right things. I'm trying to do the right things, but that I needed Jesus to be sacrificed to bring me into communion with God, and so that like the blood can be offensive to people because it chips away our own desire. To make ourselves right. Yeah, I was just going to say I agree, and I was going to say exactly what you said until you said it. <laughs> but no, just say it better. Yeah, say it better. That's no pressure. No, just the idea that the blood did what we could not, and yes. Jesus' blood accomplished what the law could not accomplish. Mm-hmm. And in our society, especially in our culture, we really like to do it ourselves, and we Absolutely. like to prove it to 
the world or your mom or yourself. Yeah. <laughs> but the blood, we have to go back to the dependence on God and recognizing the grace of God. And I really like that verse. It's um, in verse 7. It says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace mm-hmm. that he lavished on us. Yeah. And so accepting the blood is accepting the grace of God, yeah. yes. which means we have to acknowledge that we need his grace. Yeah. Absolutely. Excellent. No, and I mean, let's just jump in because I think one of the things that we were kind of hanging out in was like this this final statement, you know, and it's always that final statement and you're like, you're already running out of time. But when we apply the gospel in our life and to others, we bring heaven and earth together. But mm-hmm. we were talking about before we went on the record was just that Applying the blood is applying the gospel and yeah. not just the love. Yeah, absolutely. So jump in. I was going to say, like, well, I'll throw it back to the Old Testament first and then to the um, New Testament talking about, like, how we apply the gospel. Because this morning I was reading in Leviticus where it talks about the sacrifice yeah. of the lamb and, like, the sh- the high the priest had a sacrifice on behalf of the people mm-hmm. in the morning and at night. And like they would take, um, like this like new lamb, like a one year old lamb, and have to like slit its throat, which is mm-hmm. kind of graphic. But like they're like, there's no way they didn't feel like the blood and like mm-hmm. the life going out of this precious yeah. lamb. And so a lot of that's from also Peter Lewis, keep the blood warm, but and Leviticus. But as I was reading that this morning, I was like, if we remember like the sacrifice of Jesus like that every morning, like yeah. that's the gospel, like this perfect man who came to earth, who was like the spot, spotless lamb, like died and like mm-hmm. his blood poured out. And so like, that's the gospel that we look at. Like it wasn't some like easy task. Like mm-hmm. he was brutally beaten and murdered and like the blood came out and like, that's the gospel and that's the hope we have. And like, right. it always will speak the better word, like Hebrews 12. Yes. 24 tells us like it is the better covenant it is the better word Beautiful. but we have to accept it and realize what it was in order for it to become real in our lives that is awesome lauren let me ask you a question i, I think one how would you say when some when god is working in somebody's life um how do you how do you know when god's the spirit of god's just awakening somebody um, whether it's an unbeliever or even a believer you know moving an unbeliever towards god or a believer deeper to god how what it typically when you question yeah how do you how do you what is the indicator that I mean God's at work within that person? I always think it has a lot to do with like I call them like awe questions like when like the questions are just like based in a place of awe of like someone being like so God did this for me and then it like hits them and then like in awe they like respond which I don't know if that makes a lot of sense but it's like I remember talking to someone when I was in India and we were telling he just got his ankle healed. He had like sprained his ankle or something. And me and my friend prayed for him. And then he's like, God did this for me. And he's like, this is real. Like, and it was like that progression. Like it was all in awe that like I saw him coming alive. And then like, there was more questions. And I think we see that like the disciples were always asking Jesus questions to get closer to him. So I think questions are a good way. They were always amazed. Yeah. And they were always (laughs) amazed. Uh, So I think that's one. And then like, I think that like, for like the blood to be applied, they first have to see the love of Jesus. And so it goes like them falling in love with Jesus and feeling his love. Mm-hmm. And then I think comes the realness and the way of the sin, mm-hmm. but the blood covers it and the love covers it. And then yeah. they're drawn to him yeah. is kind of how I've seen it play out. 
That's awesome. I also think I'm just reminded of a verse that says love covers a multitude of sins. Mm -hmm. And Steve, on Sunday, you're using language about God covering Adam and Eve when they sinned. Their fig leaves weren't enough. And so he had to make the first sacrifice and the first animal sacrifice, which was the first blood sacrifice. And he covered them with those skins. And I'm just thinking of the idea of the blood and love. They're both tangible things that cover and I think they're they're more united than separate like he he shed his blood because of his love you can't really have one without the other and that's when you get the weak gospel is when you present one without the other it's excellent excellent yeah yeah and doesn't the gospel say that you know man has no greater love for another he doesn't lay down his life shed his blood for another so yeah um, yeah, love covers multi. That's great. The covering. And I mean, what do y'all think about yeah. that whole idea about God made the first sacrifice? We just blow over that in Genesis three, right? Yeah. That, uh, you know, fig leaf wasn't adequate enough. We can no. joke about that. Right. But, <laughs> but where are those animal skins come from? God had, to, he made the first sacrifice. And yeah. again, yeah. we could tie that into, you know, Cain and Abel's, you know, sacrifice thing. But, um, but we see that just opens up this whole sacrificial system, and then we have God making the final sacrifice. But any thoughts on that? I mean, I think you know we brush over it because you know I think just within culture and within you know just what is Satan's scheme one not to m- make anybody believe in him, but also to emphasize love, love, love. You know, it's like I can think about love all day, but when I think about the sacrifice, then that's what draws me to holiness. Like, I need to make changes in my life because there was a price paid. It's almost like love has become so just transparent, like, oh, you know, I love my iPhone. I love my wife. I love pizza. I love that kind of pizza. You know, I love cake icing. You know, that love doesn't move me to make a change. But when somebody's like, hey, bro, I'm covering that hospital bill for you. Oh, that makes me move closer to that person because they just made a sacrifice. Even if they've got billions of dollars, they didn't have to bless me with that. You know, and so when we look at sacrifice, when we look at somebody taking a hit for us, that causes us to move closer to that person. And when I think when we think about the blood, it causes us to think more about our holiness. Like this is what God's calling me to. He has paid for this. You know, and it's not like the, the sin is gone. And the payment for sin is gone, but yet, like, there may still be work that needs to be done in a person to say they need to walk away from this old way of life into a new way of life. And so now what motivates them is there was a price paid. Mm -hmm. Where love is just, like, such an easy, common Mm -hmm. transaction now. Let's go a little deeper, though. You know, Leviticus 17 says life is in the blood. Yes. You know, because many people say, why does, you know, why does God need to shed, why the blood? Why why do we need that? And... uh, so, yeah, talk to me about the life is in the blood. How do we have that conversation with, mm-hmm. with people about the importance of the blood? Yeah. Well, I mean, you, I love how you tied in um, John 10, 10. I mean, that is just such like a signature verse for me, especially working with students, because it gives the method of operation of the two biggest yeah, people, two biggest things in our lives, Jesus and the thief. Yeah. Like you're either being lied to or you're being told the truth. And so Jesus came to give us life. The only life I really 
fully understand is this, my flesh and blood. I'm, I'm learning more about my spiritual life. I'm learning more about the spiritual realm, my soul. Read the Psalms like, oh, so bless the Lord. Like I have a soul that wants to bless God, but I have flesh that wants to bless itself. And so I'm like, okay, you take away all my blood? Well, I'm not there anymore. <laughs> And so there's this real understanding that Jesus came to give life, and the way he gave life was by giving up his blood. Yeah. And life is in holiness. Life is in pleasing God. It doesn't make me a winner, winner, chicken dinner, maybe in the culture's world view, but in God's view and in my own view of myself, I'm winning. Yeah. And so, like, 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 yeah, like, I get my flesh more than I get my spirit. I'm learning more about my spirit and my soul and that. But without blood, I don't work. Yeah. And, I mean, it's like a phrase. Like, you know, when my yeah. kids were growing up, you know, they were doing something silly. I'm like, hey, do you want to keep the blood inside or on the outside? Because if you keep jumping your scooter <laughs> off of that ramp, your blood's probably going to end up on the outside. Yeah. yeah. There you, go. you know. Yeah, just to add on to that, I was thinking of, Lauren, your depiction of the priests in the Old Testament going in every morning and every night and slaughtering a lamb and feeling the warmth of the blood run down their hands as it yep. pours down the altar in this perfect, small, spotless lamb. The life is draining out of the lamb as the blood leaves the lamb's body. So we can't, and I mean same with humans and other animals, we can't have life without actually having literal blood. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think I think oftentimes... Physical things are a representation of spiritual things. And yes. so when Leviticus says that there's life in the blood and Jesus came and shed his blood so that we might have eternal life and our spirits would have salvation, like our inner man would come to life instead of being dead in sin mm -hmm. in Adam. It's Jesus's blood physically and supernaturally providing the life that we couldn't have because our blood is not good enough. Mm -hmm. Only his is good enough. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Lauren, anything to add to that? I think Lexa just mic dropped that. <laughs> great. I agree. That was a mic drop. I think that was yeah. awesome. Yeah. I, just two quick things uh, for me. Uh, um, you know, I, I think in talking to people, you know, we don't think about too much. We're so empirical today and just the physical body and everything. Um, so in talking to someone, let's say an unbeliever or even a believer, it's just like, where did life come from? Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. we're not just, in other words, you're a little baby inside. And like, we have a little baby right here yeah. getting ready to come out in He's a couple weeks. getting pretty big. <laughs> and uh, it's like, okay, we, we know the, the, the chemistry, right, the biology. But yeah. where's the life, the personality, the living soul? Where mm -hmm. does that, la that, you know, metaphysical piece that you're talking about come from? And that's, I think, where we need to, to connect with people is mm -hmm. who are you really? You yeah. know, uh, it, there's something that transcends this body because back in Adam and Eve, God told them that they were dead. Once they sinned, cast outside the garden, they were yeah. dead to God, right? Yeah. So there, there, something died. Though they still had blood flowing, they were mm -hmm. still dead. So this is where the eternal life comes in that Lexa yeah. was saying. And I like the picture was John 15. You know, Jesus says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Yeah. It's a beautiful picture of this, right? Just kind of this flow. Just stay in the flow of eternal life, right? Mm -hmm. I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you remain in me, right, yeah. you'll bear much fruit. So you see the sap of the vine. If we're connected to Jesus, it's the lifeblood comes, brings fruit in our life, brings life, eternal life, right? Yeah. If we stay connected to him. 
Well, I mean, even the word life, I mean, you know, you've got to separate it. And like, you know, there's this life that I experience in relationship with God. But I'm foolish enough to say that I can go back to my 20s when I did not have relationship with God and I had a life. And that life doesn't compare to this life. Like, you know, there's just, you know, because everybody's like, oh, well, I've got life. Like, well, do you really have life? You know, like I love Philippians 4, 6, like be anxious for nothing. Like what? Be anxious for nothing. Like I, I'm going to live life without anxiety. I'm going to live life without worry. But I can only achieve that through the relationship that I have with God, through the passing of the blood, and then me receiving the blood of what Jesus did and covering all of my sins and applying the gospel to my life every day. But, I mean, let's just think about, like, so many ancient cultures, what did they do? They committed sacrifices. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's like it's it's the real deal, so the thief is counterfeiting it into other traditions and customs that everyone's very familiar with if you read any history books. Like, why was it counterfeited? Well, because it is the real deal, so he's got to steer them away from the truth of Jesus' blood covering and then now they're into their own pagan sacrifices. But, I mean, if it wasn't real, then they would have been doing something else. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let me take us on a little side uh, uh, tangent here with a couple minutes. Speaking about that, you know, how about circle around to the blood, why we not emphasize it. Well, look at Israel today. Yeah. They do not emphasize For now, since the temple has gone slowly but surely, you talk to any— Jews in this community, even the Orthodox, right? It's all about good works. Yeah. There is no discussion about blood or need for sacrifice anymore. So Israel, even as a state of God's people, mm-hmm. right, has moved away from the blood. Now, yeah. here's the exciting thing. When you see uh, the move of prophetic uh, language and where things go in the end, there'll be this restoration of the temple. There'll be this restoration again of what God has called them to be, right? Yeah. A restoration of the importance of the blood and the sacrifice, not mm-hmm. just, you know, some good works and lighting candles. Yeah. Um, and we see that that trajectory starting to kind of happen now, which is is pretty interesting. And then you see, again, the whole thing, the warfare, the spiritual warfare, mm-hmm. the heavenly idea of Satan killing, stealing, and destroying, right? Trying to kill the bloodline from the yeah. very beginning trying to corrupt the bloodline. Um, and then we get a revelation, and yeah. he actually tries to mimic being a life giver, bringing life yes. to, quote, this image this image of this false beast that we yeah. uh, will you know, get into in Revelation. But uh, it's all there. It's amazing how it all you know, connects. But I, I say that to just bring that home to us, maybe in con- some concluding discussion, is how do we apply the blood? Let's get practical to our yeah. life. And how, when I'm talking to someone... Uh, let's say, how do I minister to someone with the blood? Let's just throw it kind of that raw and real to myself and to others. Yeah. Minister of the gospel. Why me? I'm taking the mic. Take, take right. the mic. Take the mic. Jump in there. I think to apply the blood, we have to understand what the blood provides. Good. And so when we practically apply the blood, like say in a ministry time, I'm praying for my friend Lauren, Mm -hmm. and I say, thank you, Jesus, that all of her sins are forgiven. All of her transgressions are covered. She is washed white as snow by the blood of the Lamb. I think that's how you apply it practically. Let me stop you, because this is really important, what you're saying, is because many, a lot of people's issues, believers today, is they just don't believe that who they are, what God has They're really identity. done for them, right, in applying the blood, right? And recognizing that the blood of Jesus 
is the most powerful substance in the universe, mm-hmm. yeah. and it's still fresh yeah. for mm-hmm. us today. Like, his blood didn't dry up. It wasn't like a one-shot thing. Yeah. His blood is still available to us, and it's still warm, and it's still fresh. I just love that idea of, like, yeah. Yeah. man, every day, every minute. Apply the covering, as you said. Wherever earlier. I need it, like, I can apply the blood to myself. Yeah. I can apply it to my family, to my house, to my friends. And let me just take us a little deeper. Mm-hmm. So... The blood is what unites heaven and earth together. The blood yeah. is what opens the temple, the presence of God to us, that we can approach boldly right into mm-hmm. God. We can lay hold by the blood of our inheritance. And remember, Jesus, Ephesians 4, we'll get there, right? It gives gifts, yeah. right, to men because of the blood, the price. Now he can pour out upon us, right, mm-hmm. the gifts. So if we're going to move into ministry, now we can partner with Jesus, mm-hmm. right, yeah. with heavenly gifts, as it says, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. So yeah. thoughts on on that in ministry uh in ministry i always go back to like hebrews 12 24 that says like the blood speaks the better word like jesus is the mediator of the better covenant and mm-hmm. so like if i'm gonna go minister to someone through like prayer and like prophecy mm-hmm. like i am going to apply the blood of jesus on their life like i'm a carrier of that i'm a mediator of the new covenant now that i'm one with christ yeah. mm-hmm. and like if i believe that then i'm believing that as i'm praying for people like the lies of the enemy have yeah. to go like satan has to flee in the presence of the lord and by the power and authority of the blood um like he can't stand it like it's the most powerful substance in the world like it's above every disease every mental health issue like it Come is on. above it all like it's the blood of christ and so if i'm believing that like i am one with the blood of like mm. i'm one with christ therefore i can apply yeah. the blood like we can't be stopped as the church like we Come carry on. it and we have it and we know it and we have the spirit of god inside of us too and so it's like in ministry, like I'm truly believing, like I'm applying yeah. the better word and the mediating of the covenant and that people will be set free. Like if they're it's in awesome. bondage awesome. Um, and like, that's the power of the prophetic, like too, like we have that because of the blood and like, because we get to do that. And so we have that's to awesome. know where we stand with God. Like we have to be in the heavenly places. Mm. And that's good. So maybe in conclusion, what about a testimony? When is anybody want to share a testimony where you've seen that you've either ministered to someone or been ministered to testimonies, mm-hmm. but seen, uh, and we're talking about the power of the gospel, but mm-hmm. the power of the gospel at the core is, as we're talking about, is the blood, right? Blood. Just any, any testimony to conclude with? Give me like Ooh. 20 seconds. Do you have one? I got right, one. You've got one. I got, I got one. Go. Nice. Uh, this is, this is a profound encounter that yeah. I had. With Jesus, and it really actually changed everything about me. <laughs> it was amazing. But it was essentially a worship night. Someone has a word of knowledge about my life. It's amazing. And I start to encounter the presence of God. And then the Lord starts to minister to me himself. Like, no one was praying for me at that point. And I essentially saw, I was I was dealing with unforgiveness towards myself mm-hmm. for past sin, lots of guilt, lots of shame, and I saw a picture of Jesus, but it started with just his hand in front of my face. And I saw the hole in his hand, and the blood was still coming out of it. And then he moved his hand away so I could see his whole body. And I could see the blood coming out of the seven places where he shed his blood. Wow. And it was all just still pouring out of him. And he was, you know, dressed in white, but then it was like the scarlet blood. And he took his hands to his side, and out of the blood coming out of his side, which 
the side represents intimacy with God. Right. In fact, he like filled up his hands, his cupped hands, and he started just literally applying it mm. to my whole body. Yeah. And it was just this vision. I was just caught up in it. And as he was like essentially like washing me in his blood, he was asking, is this enough for you? Like, is this enough for you wow. yeah. to actually forgive yourself? Because my blood is doing the work, but you have to agree with it. So he was just saying, yeah. is, is that enough for you, Alexa? Mm. And so I said, yeah, <laughs> it was enough. And wow. it really, it really set me free um, from so much bondage and yeah. the like heavy yoke. Yeah. yeah. What just resonates in my brain. Is that enough? Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, don't we all have to reckon that in our lives when we're whining or when we think we've got such a big problem? Is his blood enough? Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, I have to come back to that. Right. That's faith. Right. I mean, yeah. in applying that and helping, you know, we all struggle with that. Yeah. But, um, man, I, yeah, I'm not going to share mine. We're going to leave. I'm going to leave it on that mic drop right yeah. there. Wow. Yeah. What a vision. That's awesome. That was the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. is awesome. Yeah. You well, want to close this out, Chris. Yeah, any closing thoughts? Out. Yeah, like I, I, I jumped to like Second Corinthians five seventeen, you know, because it says, "Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone; the new has come." All of this is from God, who reconciled us to Himself through Christ, through the blood, and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, and that we have that ability mm-hmm. and that power. But we have to come into agreement with it ourselves first to lead someone else into it. And so, yes, our identity is in the blood as you just said in that mic drop. And thank you so much for tuning into this midweek jolt of root issues. We hope we've got you thinking about the blood, your identity in Christ, and how it has been transformed and renewed, and how that brings us to his side. And that is being close to God. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you ever want to reach out and touch us, you can reach us at rootissues at ccaspen.com. Have a blessed week. Until next time. Yeah. I need to get below the surface